You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse from across the United States, here's your hosts. And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I'm Corey Munson, coming to you live from Iowa. I'm joined, as always, by Aaron Castro in Arizona and Liam Madigan-Fried in Massachusetts. And we've got a very special guest this week, our brother in podcasting, Victor O. Perez, out in New York City, here to talk about his experiences uh, along with Aaron and I at the Rugby Weekend. So, how was your week, guys? Awesome! Rugby! I gained, I gained eight pounds. In, in Chicago, I don't blame you. I got ready to move. So I was, I was at uh, the last afternoon, and Corey decided to pop in um, because he got to town early, so he went. But I was speaking to Steve Cohen, the uh, like one of the major executives at uh, Name Drop. Yeah, um, no friends. I've met him twice now, um, but. Uh, he was like being sociable, uh, really cool dude. He was very sociable. He was being sociable, and he was like, you know, I I, I like Chicago, but uh, it's it's one of those cities I don't visit it that often because when I do, I gain twenty pounds. And you know what? I I I, I now understand because I gained eight pounds on this trip. Oof. <laughs> Liam, how's that packing coming? Uh, it's coming all right right now. It's mainly just going shopping for stuff like for the actual trip there. Uh, you know, I'm going to be driving alone, so more than likely I'll be ended up chopped up in some serial killer's garage. Uh, so if you guys don't hear from me, just go ahead and assume that I'm, I'm that I'm gone. <laughs> and I've my cro- I've done five country trips to the army. You will be fine as long as you're staying in hotels and not at a truck stop. Oh, no, dude. On the side of the road in the wilderness, man. Fucking, that's how I roll. <laughs> you're, you're, gonna, you're so going to get Sasquatched. Oh, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you will be missed, Liam. I'll tell you that much, right? You will definitely be missed. <laughs> Victor, did you do anything fun this week? Besides hanging out with you? And um, I'm getting ditched by by Castro because he got drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Aaron, I hate you so much, bro. But you know what? (laughs) I gotta let that slide. Nah, nah, nah. nah. It was good. It was good. I had a lot of fun. So, so, so we were at this bar, right? Um, so Victor, uh, you know, not. I guess if uh, my uh, significant other decides that she wants to give us a click and listen to this, she's gonna get. Uh, you know, I was trying to get Brooke to go out, so I got her to go, uh, and uh, we went to we planned every, planned for everyone to meet up at Fado, which is this Irish bar in Chicago. Really good, and, by the way. Um, you know, Victor and Corey got in there when you could go in stairs or downstairs or whatever. There were there were less people there. The Irish had not come out for the night, and there were. There were a lot of real Irish people in this bar. Not not like fake, not American, not 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 Irish, not not American Irish people, but 
people like from across the pond. And uh, so when we got there, uh, when Craig Gridelli and his wife got there uh, and I got there with Brooke, uh, you could only go upstairs. And at a certain point, Corey texts me. He's like, hey, bro, where you at? And I'm like, upstairs? And he's like, this place has it upstairs? I was like, yeah. There's a, there's a band blaring right behind my head. And, you know, it wasn't so loud that my ears are still ringing, but it was loud. And I had to shout all night, which is why my voice. <laughs> but um, <laughs> and then after a while, Corey goes, hey, bro, uh, you going to come down? We need to like, have, a, have a, you know, photograph or something. And I'm like, well, bro, um, we're going to leave soon because – you know, I, I really don't want to be out and over. I don't want to drink a lot. And then, you know, shout out to Craig Grinelli, who's saying, let's party. And he asked me if I want a beer, and I'm just sort of like sipping this Carlsberg, the, heat, the second Carlsberg. And then he decides to buy shots. And I stopped looking at my phone. And then when I look at my phone and I say, hey, um, you know, they're allowing people are going and allowing more people up, uh, you know, I'll come down. Um, are you still here? Let's do this. And we left, bro. Next time. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> but, yeah, so it got to the point where it was so crowded. They wouldn't let you go up or downstairs. Like there was no like there was no inner outflow of this bar. Hmm. It was pretty crazy. Yeah, the uh, I talked to the bouncer because I was trying to get upstairs to see you, and he said that both levels were at capacity and they weren't. Nobody was moving anywhere, so it's kind of a weird situation. Uh, but we had a good time. I had a great time hanging out with Victor along with uh, some legit Irish guys who were just <laughs> off their freaking heads, out of their heads. Okay, there's so- one at every at every rugby game, no matter what. I'm pretty okay. sure it's actually the law. Exactly. So okay. So let me let me just take the, the word for this. So first of all, uh, shout outs to Neil, who was the guy sitting next to us. Uh, he's from. Uh, he lives in Toronto, but he's, or, uh, he's originally from Ireland. He's really cool to talk to. He's a photographer. Uh, look him up on um, on Instagram. He's following us. I'm sure he will like the the, the publicity. Um, he was with a friend of his. I, I I didn't call his name. All I know, and Corey says no, he doesn't look like him. Is like if you see him from for, profile, he looks just like Tash Leader. He looks just like him. Only thing he's a lot well, um, I mean, I saw Tag Leader, Tag, not Tag, Tag. Oh, uh, okay. Tag. Thank you. Because What's I get thing? corrected every guest <laughs> by a different Irishman. Every time. I gotta correct you. Different for Irishman. That's like no. You pronounce no. Uh-huh. Tag is as Tag, like Tiger. Oh, Thai. Thank you. Or, or I said, should I say Gurav Mahagut? I think that's thank you for Irish. So I saw I saw Thai, and I, I guess I'll talk about, uh, I guess we can talk about that now on Friday night. And he said that he is just planning to play with Boston. Um, they're supposedly going to put the side together and tour England, but he does not on getting loaned out. Um, to any of the MLR teams, I guess uh, when he back to Boston, if that happens, he and Alex Magleby will have that discussion. But he does not plan on that. 
because he is, you know, I don't know. Boston apparently has this whole special piece in his life, and when in immigration story, I guess I don't, I don't know. Well, Boston certainly is a special place, and you know, uh, as, as we have le- uh, learned uh, about a week ago now, that uh, the Free Jacks are going to be having a combine coming up. Uh, that where they're going to be uh, looking for local talent mm-hmm. to kind of show what they got. So that's available on their Facebook page if people are interested in that. So if they're trying to put together an exhibition squad with more local talent than what we saw in the uh, in the game versus the Arrows, you know, uh, that's probably the place to start. And so it looks like we're going to be seeing something more localized with that team coming up. So before we get too far into uh, rugby weekend talk, I should probably tell you uh, tell everybody who's watching who we are and what we're doing here. <coughs> into the podcast yeah so for those of you new to the podcast we're earful of dirt we do this each and every monday night where we get together and we discuss news rumors about major league rugby the united states professional rugby union it's a chance for us to discuss the issues hear from league officials players and team leadership and check in with our friends across the u.s rugby scene with all that said, Aaron, can you fill us in on what we're covering tonight? All right. Rundown for this evening is the rugby weekend. Then we've got squad changes for the rest of the tour, uh, the USA Samoa preview, the ARC schedule dropped today, which I'm happy about because it didn't drop until like mid-December last year. Um, MLR, Major League Rugby, the podcast about why we are together uh, you know, we are why this podcast is together rather, rather added two teams, uh, officially official as of last Friday morning, uh, the T- Toronto Arrows and DC Major League Rugby. So, uh, spoiler alert, on to the show, yeah. So, uh, as we've hinted at strongly, uh, Aaron, Victor, and I all went to Chicago this weekend for the rugby weekend was a live uh, three-match set at Soldier Field, home of the Bears, Dub Bears. Uh, there was more than 35,000 fans. Uh, I guess the official total was 35,051 people at, in attendance. Uh, they got to see the USA women's team lose to the Black Ferns, uh, the USA men's team learn, lose to the Maori All Black, and watch Ireland pretty well demolish Italy. So none of the no game was particularly close, but uh, there's a lot to be entertained by, and there's a lot to enjoy. So I guess I'll just kind of share a few a few quick observations uh, bef- before we jump too far into analysis of the matches themselves. I will say, um, even though we had a had a count of over thirty five thousand, the stadium itself, uh, you know, once you got past the first first two levels, you know, it was pretty pretty far few and far between as far as filled seats so you know i guess it's a stadium of about 55 to 60,000 i think i heard somebody say so it makes sense that if there's 35 there uh it would be a little bit sparse but uh you know i the t- the folks that were there were engaged and they were really having a good time cheering for the eagles and uh a lot of folks cheering for uh, ireland as well so this is my first time in a uh, major uh, professional sports venue, just period. Um, I guess I think I went to a White Sox game maybe 20, 25 years ago. But other than that, 
you old uh, ass man. Old ass man never got <laughs> out of Iowa. Before I was born. Yeah, so that was just neat. And then, of course, getting to hang out in the press booth was pretty amazing. They, they, boy, they take care of you up there. Not only is it climate controlled, which is really nice, uh, not having to wear a coat. Uh, they also had po- all you wanted fountain drinks and water, and uh, they fed us. It was great. So shout out to the uh, hospitality crew. At how, was, uh, how was that box lunch? Oh, the box lunch was fine. I had a turkey sandwich. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it wasn't as good as the uh, Italian beef I'd had the night before, but uh, I'll take it. Um, I ha- I, the 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 press guide that the Maori for the Maori Fernsburg is pretty dope. It is 107 pages long. This just and. Did you read all of it before you got to the game, Aaron? Well, I, it was issued at the game, but just oh, just, so just, just I'm saying, sure you had it all read by halftime then. Yeah, pretty pretty much. But uh, of the first match, of oh, the first yeah, one, yeah, of the first match. <laughs> but uh, all I'm saying is, uh, press guide. That was the only press guide that was available. It is interesting seeing the professionalism of New Zealand compared to everybody else. So. I, it's it is next level. It really is. Um, probably yeah. One of the more interesting things was I was when I was standing around talking to some of the guys, uh, the Chicago natives up in the press booth. One of them observed and kind of noted that he felt like the event itself was something that was happening in Chicago. It wasn't so much a Chicago event. And I can I, I guess I can see where he's coming from since these are you know not Chicago local teams that are playing. They're national. And international teams. Um, I wonder. I wonder if that's a criticism of the event this year versus, um, and probably would be similar to the time we played Australia and Chicago. But when we played the All Blacks the first time, we sold sixty. It, it was sold out, sixty-four thousand. Um, when Ireland played Chicago, it was sold out again. Whereas this. Uh, there were 500 junior hockey teams in town for a tournament. There was all what seemed all sorts of college conferences because you heard like freaking college kids talking about different like political things on some type of macro legal level. It was really weird <laughs> to be honest. Being that to be in a hotel where there seemed that there was some type of weird school conference, having been out of college almost. Shit. Well, um, six, seven years, eight, eight years. Jeez, I'm old. <laughs> uh, probably the uh, the other thing I really enjoyed about just walking around the stands and uh, kind of taking it all in was how many jerseys, jackets, and hats there were from clubs. Uh, a lot of Midwest clubs, but really clubs all over the country. Um, and that. You know, even if it was not a Chicago event, it was definitely a national event and something where the rugby community really had a chance to kind of come together. And that was awesome. That was fantastic. I saw some folks I didn't know that were from Iowa that loved rugby. And uh, so that's always fun. And even uh, ran into a Hawkeye fan here and there. So can't uh, can't beat that. Oh, here, so. Here's something. So here's 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 my my major criticism of this event. This uh, so when we walked in, Ireland was giving out flags. Case in point, there you go. 
IRFU Vodafone flag. It's like, I don't no know. No USA rugby flags. <laughs> it's like political manipulation of some sort. I mean, I, I, so I mean, it's not it's not political manipulation. It's like no, uh, I mean, no shit. But like, it's it's. I mean, like, it's if, if there's one way to kind of get your colors into the stands. Oh like, yeah, you know, yeah. It shit. was like so. It's. I mean, they were the marquee match. I mean, you look at the advertisement, but the U.S. is still playing. Why aren't we doing the same thing? Because little flags cost money, and you know. That's that's money that's not necessary to spend. And, like, even though it would be great to give fans flags, like, at every single game, you know, that would kind of accumulate, you know, for every test match. And I guess, you know, there's a a ton of criticism for USA Rugby spending irresponsibly. So why, I don't know, why would we spend it on little mini flags? Well, maybe maybe our sponsor, uh, UL or Emirates, would... uh... Flip that bill. Say it. That's an option. That's an option. It's good. It's good. It's good to not complain without it. Up in people's homes, you can uh, help us out with some flag manufacturing and put your logo on it. But I'm tush activation. Boom. Hey Victor. uh, So uh, I probably spent the most time with you over the weekend, and so I know we've talked about this a lot. But what'd you think of it? Well, I have a lot of fun, first of all. Uh, so I want to say publicly, thank you, Corey. It was great hanging out with you. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fun. Um, first time I, I, I actually hang out with someone from the Midwest, so that was an experience, I have to say. I'm sure I'm your first Dominican. I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> so so I'm, sorry, text yeah. me. Victor, just, to, just, to, just point this out. Victor, yeah, text me. Out. Hey, it's Victor the Dominican. No, that's not true. Oh, I no, no, no. It's, it's this Dominican, Dominican Victor. Victor. Thank so, you. I was like, you could, you could have just said it was Victor. <laughs> I don't know how many Victors you know. <laughs> it's really, no, it's specifically that I'm Dominican Victor. So, oh, yeah, that bastard. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like, how many Victors did, did you think he expected to be contacting him on that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so just is to be sure. Dominican Victor or is this Victor with the funny eye? <laughs> with the funny eye. Exactly. You never know. No, but yeah, but I had a lot of fun. Oh, first of all, real quick with the scores of the game, the games, because we haven't mentioned it. So, a woman's um, Eagles against Black Ferns, um, 67 to 6. I don't know about you guys. I had flashbacks to 2014 when the men lost 72 to 6. I was kind of mad about that, but you know, it's what it is. That's how you get better. Um, Ireland um, beat um, Italy 54 to 7. Fun fact I was probably one of maybe four people in the whole stadium with an Italian jersey. The reason why I did that is because I need to support my fellow Latin brothers. I'm a Spanish speaker. Italian is 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 a is a is a cussing tongue. I said, you know what? I'm gonna go and go with my Italian jersey, which really like like the, some of the Irish looked at me and I said, well, eh, I got like a couple of weird looks. I said, what am I gonna just brown brother with Italian jersey? Yeah. Was like that. Um, also, yeah, fun fact: people from Africa haven't immigrated to Italy. Come on. Well, yeah, of course right. they have, but you know, it's like, you wouldn't see that in the states though. That's that's what makes it weird. So uh, this is the thing. What happened? Um, I ended up going to the um, the Prime Sport, which is the company that was doing the 
the hospitality. I went up on their tour or, or trip of sorts in the like going to the field about 30 minutes before the start of the game. And I was there with, um, I want to say I was probably one of 20, probably. And everyone had some Marlin, you know, uh, some uh, stuff with them. I was the only one with Italian stuff. Right, so we were on the Italian side of the field as I were practicing. Right, so every time I saw the Italian guys, I would just scream their names. I would go, like for example, to the fly halves, Carlo, Ian, and they would turn around, you know, and they would just wave. Ian, uh, Ian uh, McKinley, the the Irish-born Italian guy, uh, he turned around and said, "Ian, yo, how you doing?" So, you know, the dad, um, their attack coach saw him. He said, "Oh, dude, you're wearing the you because uh, uh, it's Irish." He said, "Oh, yo, mate, you're wearing the right jersey." He went up to me. We knuckle touch. That was fun. And I go up to him and said, "Um, so coach, um, how we're we looking for the game?" I said, "We had to see, him, mate." <laughs> so okay. Um, couple of the uh, I saw the referees running next to me as uh, you know I was screaming at them. You know they were like focus. Um, a couple of other players too that were focused. I mean I screamed their names. They didn't look at me at all. Then as we were leaving, I saw Nayo Owens very close to me, and I and I don't know why it just came to me. And I go and said, "Hey Nayo, love you." And I just like pointed at him, and he just like pointed at me, give it the thumbs up. <laughs> like, dude, Victor, you could have said anything, but that. And I did. Nigel, like, you're my hero. You're my hero. I could have just said that, yeah? I messed it up. No, no, it was cool about it. Uh, so, yeah, so I had a lot of fun. Oh, and, of course, USA men's lost to Mario All Blacks 59-22. to So those are the scores before I forget. We, we, um, we broke 20, though. That's that's the victory. Yes. Well, it's, it's better than the last time we played the Maori. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seriously. Last time we played the Maori, I uh, actually have the score on my stat sheet. It was insane. Um, mm-hmm. Last time we played the Maori, uh, they scored less, but we only scored a, tr- a converted try. They, they scored 54 points. So, yeah. uh, so see, see what, see what I'm, I mean? Uh, another thing, too, um, as I was making my way to the gate, I saw um, Austin, Austin Elite's um, president, Richard Osborne. He recognized me. And as I was talking with him uh, for another show, uh, Thierry Dupont came in with three, actually two gentlemen uh, from Rusty 92 and one of the gentlemen's son. Uh, when I mentioned that I was a huge Juan Mall fan, his uh, Argentinian wing in the place there, they were really happy that we were talking about when they beat a uh, pole the week after that. I mean, before that, excuse me, uh, we took a selfie. The guy took a picture with me. He said, hey, when I see Juan, I'm going to show it to him. I'm going to say, I'm going to make sure that you, that you say hola. Um, we took a picture together. Uh, Richard, uh, Richard Terry, those three guys and I. Uh, thank you, of course, to, to Richard for recognizing me and Terry and the, and the other three gentlemen for taking a picture. Um, also, shout outs to um, Greg Peterson's dad. I got a chance to talk to him. He was close, very, very. He was sitting very close to me. I was talking a little bit with Greg. You know, I took a picture of him. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Mr. Peterson. That was really fun. Um, yeah, I met a, actually, I met a lot of the players, uh, the Eagles players. That is after the game. Um, Tony Purpura saw me. said, Victor, I keep seeing you. Like, this is in, in every old blue game. I like it, and so I go to him and said, "Tony, I keep seeing you. Like, yo, dude, like, what the heck are you doing?" <laughs> and by the way, Tony, friend of the show, thank you, Tony, because I know he listens to the podcast. Um, dang it, uh, 
uh, I, I I got like again some random Irish guys were uh, <laughs> dancing around Corey and I in the bar. That was also really fun. Um, the only I thing just like, I just like to point out, not just dancing around us. There was at least one time he tried to get Victor to dance with him. Yes, <laughs> and you didn't dance. No, no, you know because I was I was so mad <laughs> for the fact that I couldn't meet Aaron in person because I wanted to give him a hug. And I said, you know, I said to him in Spanish, oh, bro, I love you. But <laughs> he wasn't there, so I was not in the mood. And I was going to swing at the guy. And I said, no, Victor, you're no, no, like, Aaron, Aaron, you laugh, bro. You laugh. But not seeing you, you know, in, you know, in IRL got me mad. I'll be honest with you. And, and, um, in Ireland. In, no, in IRL. In, no, in Oh, oh, dude, that's uh, yeah, dude. In, in real life, in real life, no, no, he says like Ireland. He says like, Ireland. good point, good, good catch, good catch, Aaron. I wasn't even thinking of that. Um, I was gonna swing at the guy. I said, no, Victor, you need to. You're the professional, you know. Go look collected, and I did. And you know, I was having fun talking with Nigel as well. So you know, he called me down. It's like whatever. But thank you overall, guys. I, I was I was in Chicago for literally one day, <laughs> but I had a lot of fun nonetheless. It was really cool. All right, now let's get technical onto the match. Um, I guess I'll get this out of the way. Uh, I don't really want to spend too much time on it. Uh, uh, Sean Davies, uh, he is currently still undergoing evaluation. He's day-to-day. He's not expected to be fit for the small match. Uh, I, my opinion is that uh, Pari Parkinson's uh, – Yellow card should have been red. Uh, he has when he lifts him out of when he lifts him off the ground and when you lift someone off the ground in a tackle, uh, you have the responsibility to have them land safely. And he was driven down with force, and the law is nine point one eight. If any part of the upper body or head is driven down with force on a tackle, um, you know, clear or law violation so um just gonna move on um but let's talk about how we play guys um uh, gary said this in the post match i have it up on youtube uh it's linked on year full of dirt facebook i think i need to put it uh in the match recap as well i'll do that tonight so that you can just watch it after you after you read the match recap and then but, uh, you know, he's like, first thing he said we need to work on was defense, right? Because uh, uh, I was like, what are your work-ons, uh, given the immediate uh, analysis? And he's like, uh, defense. Um, but uh, so this is our tackle differential, and this is bad. Uh, so 71 attempted tackles 100 to 167 attempted tackles. 28 missed tackles to 21 missed tackles. So uh, that gives you a, a tackle completion rate for the U.S. Eagles, 61%, with the tackle completion rate of Maori at 87%. And, of course, as Victor said, the, uh, the score line was 22 to 59. So usually, usually, when you're getting your butt whooped, you want to be the team that's making more tackles. That really says, I mean, like where the other team is driving up the tackle rate and they're making you work. What this shows is that they stopped us a lot and that they just ran through us a lot. Uh, when it comes to 
uh, our efficiency, uh, you know, meters gained. Uh, this a lot of our meters gained were basically garbage meters, to be honest. Uh, it was 444 to 703. And let's look at efficiency. This was, uh, we had 444 meters gained on 144 runs. They, the Maori had 703 meters gained on 89 runs. Uh, I guess, uh, wanting to look at what we did well, uh, you know, we, we had parity in the set piece. We won 100% of our scrums. They We had five scrums. They had five scrums. Both of us, it was it was a one-to-one ratio on completion right there. Um, so that, this is a lot. Uh, when it, uh, on 15 of 16 lineouts, we won. They won 10 of 12. On seven of our lineouts, we went into a mall. Uh, this is a little bit concerning, I guess. Not well, not really, because this happens. But you want to, you want to hire, have a higher successful uh, rate here, and we were only successful on four of our malls. Maori only executed one mall, but if you saw the way the game was, they only needed to execute one. Um, ninety-five. We won ninety-five percent of our own rucks, which isn't a bad stat, but. We were definitely manhandled at the rock by comparison. Um, overall, uh, they were the, the times they won the rock uh, against us and changed possession or earned a penalty. They they, they usually scored um, individual comp- contributions. Uh, Chance Wengleski. This is a guy that has been in the high performance system as a high school All American, as a junior All American, as a collegiate All American. He's still at Lindenwood. He's 21 years old, and he had a very good game uh, in the scrum. He scrummed really well against Ben May, who's a guy with like 250 Super Rugby caps, a ton of All Black caps, and you know, like for a young loose head uh, going up against that kind of uh, competitor. Uh, I, I just want to see what he does in the scrum, and he he held his own. Uh, and then around the ruck, he also went to work. He found work. Another guy to talk about, and I mentioned this in the post game press conference, Dylan Aldsley. Uh, you know, he's become a much more physical player, and he really needed to be a physical player. Uh, with you know what the uh with the way the Maori were, and I, I think most of our completed tackles might have come his way. Um, so sad to see him get uh, deactivated for the rest of the tour. Uh, Ruben de Haas, uh, I interviewed him post match during mixed. I'll get that up tomorrow. Asked him a few questions. Uh, so he hasn't played much senior rugby with the Cheetahs this year. He did sign a three year contract with them last summer. Uh, he played in the Curry Cup. Uh, but so far in the Pro 14, he has not uh, had match time. But he did go on their tour to Munster and talked about – so he's a guy that is that is in the training squad that is going on road trips. So that says a lot about where he is. And he's only 20 years old. Uh, but, you know, I don't really know if we, want, we wanted to need an heir so soon to Sean Davies. We sort of saw it over the summer that this is a guy that's going to be blooded to succeed Sean Davies, but if it has to happen sooner than later, because, you know, Sean has had a few concussions in his day, uh, at least for the rest of this tour, we will be okay. He played at a very high level, 
and it, he's got some moxie to him. Uh, you, you know, uh, I guess uh, one of the, I was talking to Ryan Ginty today, and he was saying, you know, you couldn't see it while you were while you were watching, but on this one scrum before the put in, he was spinning the ball, and uh, he sort of looked like he might have been scared, but he had that smile, that mischievous smile that said, "I'm ready." And he just went to work. His ball speed was great. He was good in the loose. And he's different than, you know, the other two top scrum halves that we've had in the past in uh, Nate Augsburger and Sean Davies. He's six foot two. He's pretty thick. Uh, he's athletic. He, he's just different. He's a bigger kind of guy. Um, and then offensively, really, we we're missing. We we're without an Odge. And, I, you know, AJ Odge McGinty really – brings a different dynamic to the game when he's at fly half. Uh, I'll go into the squad changes and why that will help pretty soon. But Will Hooley, he played really well uh, against the competition. He has played very well for Bedford Blues so far this season. But Odge is Odge. He's still, you know, he was the best fly half in the premiership last year. Uh, And that was even coming off injuries. So that says a lot. Um but uh, yeah, that's, that's how the game went. It was pretty rough. Yeah, but I guess there's always uh, some moral victories to be found within uh, within losses like this, and especially when you're a tier two nation playing a tier one <laughs> nation, then you know you got to be okay with finding the moral <laughs> victories. But like kind of like we've been saying the last few weeks, though, there has to come a point when the moral victories aren't enough that we actually need to start stacking wins. You know, especially with Samoa coming up, if we actually want to continue this slow methodical climb up the rankings after we beat Scotland that we kind of started. By the way, guys, I, I want to bring up a, a question real quick. Uh, I guess to, to you, Aaron, since you're our expert, how long do you reckon? I'm an expert. I'm just kind of... No, no. <laughs> just a dude. Come on, you don't have to be so modest. He's just a nerd. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to be so modest. No, no, but again, you don't have to be so modest. No, I'm in all honesty. Um, uh, how long do you reckon it would take Chance to get to an MLR team? Uh, he's a senior, so mm-hmm. whenever he graduates, um, I'm sure. Like so, 86 All Americans uh, were in camp last last summer. Uh, 81 of 86 said that they were they would go to any team in MLR and that they were open to a draft. So if you had a real new player draft, mm-hmm. 81 of the All-Americans, which I think 70 something, 75? Yeah. So 75, no, 77. It was nine players who were seniors. Uh, 77 were underclassmen at junior soft, juniors or old sophomores. So this year, you're going to have like 40 guys. That are that are ready. Chances, I mean, he just did an eighty-minute shift at test level. So as he graduates, um, whoever is going to be whoever is uh, thinnest at prop and has money is going to give him a contract that pays him a decent wage in MLR. Um, considering what decent wages. Or in MLR right now. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for answering that question. I appreciate that. All right. Well, thank you guys. Thank you, uh, Victor, especially for joining us, for hopping on and sharing your thoughts. It was 
it was really wonderful getting the chance to meet you, my friend. So it's great to meet in person. Definitely. Well, guys, I'm going to be hopping off the call so that the rest of the show can continue because you know I talk a lot and I don't want to. I don't want you guys to be here for another half hour. No, but before I go, guys, um, for the listeners, if you do not know, I think you have. Um, I'm now in a show of my own uh, with uh, fellow Dominican Rafael Delgadillo uh, with the name of En La Melee. No, En La Melee, as we been pronounced in this place, En La Melee podcast, which is a Spanish podcast. Um, if you guys Spanish speaking friends or if you speak Espanol and you want to listen to myself and Rafael, uh, we're coming out every month. Starting 2019, hopefully we're gonna do it every week. Every, every week, excuse me, if not every two weeks. Uh, but yeah, just a shameless plug on that, right there. Well, it looks like uh, for the next episode, you're gonna have plenty to talk about with Chicago and the ARC all coming up. So, Definitely. all right, take care of yourself, Victor. We'll catch up with you see soon, you, my friend. Thank you, guys. We'll see you. So this weekend was the start of the November test window for the Eagles. Um, They've got a few more matches coming up. We'll go into the details on that here in a few minutes. But, uh, Aaron, I know you had some uh, updates on uh, the roster coming up. What are we looking at? So from guys that were in the squad, uh, we are nine guys have been released to clubs. Uh, Dylan Lee Center, Nate Augsburger, Wing, uh, has been released with an injury. had a uh, ten. Uh, I thought he was supposed to undergo surgery yesterday, but uh, he uh, home back to Diego, so I think he had surgery today. Uh, Nate, number four law, Mika A. Cruze, Mika Cruze, a center, Luke Hume, fullback with injury. He's undergoing evaluation right now. I think it's a lower extremity uh, injury. Uh, ben, ben Landry, number four lock. Alex Mon, Hooker, uh, and prop. And Chance Wengleski, loose head prop. Uh, and then there have been two call-ups. David Ayunu, loose head prop from Stade Toulousian. And Devereaux Ferris from Half-Life West. Uh, and also Eric Fry. Uh, suffered an injury uh, last week, ban and is out for the next three months. So, uh, you know, get well, man. So uh, that is what precipitated the call-up of David Ayunu. Um, so, yeah. Definitely some disappointing news in there because you never really want to hear about an injury, especially to guys like that in the Eagles camp. But one thing I am definitely disappointed with is uh, is Mika Kruzeg, uh getting you know sent home from camp. You know, obviously these th- these things happen. You know, players need to kind of get recycled. But he's a really young player with a really high ceiling. So I would have liked to see him stay a bit longer and get that development, especially ahead of the MLR season. But hopefully he's going to have a much more prominent role on the Raptors come 2019. So you know, well, the- um, I I that uh, with. With Bobby Dice, with Bryce King, Paulo Seekett playing in England, uh, they won't be snagging too many caps during the A. So I think Mika Cruz will will have plenty of times to earn his uh, a match day squad during those five matches that we have uh, in the. Well, That's hopefully we'll point. see that. Um, but uh, like so. I guess my commentary on all this is like usually when you have to put squad rugby, which you saw with the 
uh, the All Blacks this last weekend. Uh, they had a bunch of guys who were had duty for the Mount Tour uh, that started, and some guys act, uh, against Japan, and then the, their main the squad uh, has been now up for the their England Test. Um, so uh, these guys usually know that they're going to go home. Um, some of these uh, obviously are changes to injuries with Nate Augsburger and Luke at Luke stay home anyways here. Uh, Nate, uh, being in the leadership group, being a captain, he was really going to be moving, moving forward. Uh, I'm guessing with Dylan Owsley, Nate Brakely, uh, and Ben, you know, these guys, in addition to being on MLR teams, they also have jobs. So uh, I'm guessing for everyone else, it was really work-related. Chance Wengleski is still at Lindenwood. Uh, my, I do have some criticism uh, when it comes to the tail of the tape. Uh, of the three scrum halves that were selected for the America's Pacific Challenge, uh, Nick Boyer was the best. For, for me, I, I watched all three games, and he was by he was head and shoulders above both Holden Younger and Devin Ferris. But if I were to rank them one through three, I would say the next two scrum halves that should be called up would be Nick Boyer and Holden Younger. Uh, you know, Nick Boyer, uh, he was he ended up beating out Nate Augsburger for the starting scrum half role at the San Diego Legion. And Devereaux Ferris ended up coming into the Legion about midway through the season, but he never played a game with the Legion. So um, I, I, I don't understand. It's a little bit Younger started, started just about every game for the Nova. Well, Younger started every single like, – so Boyer played every game for the Legion, and Younger played every game – started every game for, for NOLA. So, uh, it's like, uh, what else can these guys do, right, to to get pulled up? So that's 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 really my criticism. Well, uh, I mean, um, no, Nola had a pretty middling season last last season, though. So it's not like Holden Younger made them heads and tails better than what they really would have been. But it's not that he definitely didn't make them any worse. He 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 at least kept them competitive throughout. Because Nola really wasn't out of the playoffs until about, you know, week four or five. Well, they were still in the playoffs, man. What are you talking about? They were, they were out of the playoffs when, when Utah won their last game. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, mathematically, yeah, but. Bonus points. This is why I hate bonus points. Mm-hmm. This is what, this is literally why I hate bonus points. Um, and that's why I hate ties. The one thing pro rugby did was fucking get rid of was add overtime. Wins matter. So, um, as far as call ups, they they're not really call ups, uh, per se, but guys joining the team from their, uh, from their year, from their European assignments rather are T. Lamositelli, Bryce Campbell, Paul Seagate, Joe Tafate, Samu Manoa. And uh, Blaine Scully. So with these six guys, uh, you know, your team captain is coming in and your heavy ball carriers. So uh, moving on to the USA versus Samoa preview. Cool. 
Yep, so that's coming up this Saturday, November 10th. Uh, they are going to be playing Samoa in San Sebastian, Spain. So they're actually in Europe. Both teams are up in Europe for this. Uh, this game is going to be followed the following weekend, uh, November 17th, by the U.S. traveling to uh, Bucharest to take on Romania. And then November 24th, we're going to be in Dublin facing Ireland. So, uh, Liam, tell us what we're looking at uh, with this Samoa match. Well, going into – I mean – Going into this game, like, like kind of like I mentioned earlier, we having just beaten Scotland, but also having just lost to the Maori, we're kind of in this weird place right now where we need to start actually winning games against teams like Samoa. Um, and so, I, I would this is definitely a winnable game in terms of the talent that we have. We have we uh, we're, we're bringing a squad of people that can actually run with power. Meanwhile, Samoa, they're just a fucking rugby program that's built on running with power. So it's going to be an interesting matchup, and it's going to be a competitive matchup, but it's not going to be like a game versus New Zealand where we're ma- we're playing for mor- you know mor- moral points. We're actually playing to win this game, and I think it's definitely a possibility. And you know, I'm sure Aaron's going to go into some st- statistical tandem <laughs> tandem about why everything I said is wrong. <laughs> um, I we are ranked higher than Samoa. Um, when their new coach talked a bunch of trash and said, we deserve tier one tests. We should not be playing tier twos anymore. I was like, well, dude, maybe you should beat Fucking Georgia beat next some time. tier ones. <laughs> maybe you should beat Georgia next time you play them. <laughs> okay? Shut like, geez. Um, We haven't won our last match against Samoa. In fact, we really don't do well against Samoa. But... Uh, we beat Scotland, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Um, the that really with with the guys that are coming in to this squad, we're really not that under strength. Uh, Dylan Owdsley is obviously not in the squad that beat Canada, uh, or rather, that was that is from the squad that beat Scotland. But these six guys were in. Um, actually, Tini Lamosatelli, I don't think he played that game. So we have Tini Lamosatelli, who is in match fitness, ready to go, who will anchor at the loose head position. And then you've got another very strong loose head in David Ayunu, um, who is playing Champions Cup rugby at 18 years old. He, that- played, he played 40 minutes in their Champions Cup game. Uh, you know, uh, I think we're going to be okay. Uh, on the front row, I was concerned, uh, but when I found out that we were calling him up, I felt uh, felt a lot better. Um, and then we're we're going to be able to dictate the tempo a lot with uh, our heavy ball carriers. Uh, Joe Tafate coming back, uh, Semu Manoa sounds like he's going to be available for all three matches, and then Paul Lasike and Bryce Campbell in the midfield. That just gives you. Uh, you know, think about this back line. Uh, at left wing, you're going to have Ryan Matias. Then you're going to have Paul Lasique at 12 and Bryce Campbell at 13. And uh, Blaine Scully at 14. And then either he'll, yeah, so, and, you know, um, a playmaker probably with Will McGee at 15 that's a pretty physical back line when it comes to how large they are i think the shortest guy is probably paul lasique but paul lasique at five foot eleven 
200. Yeah, he's about five feet wide, though. So, you know, 245. Dude, has, dude's like, people are like, oh, he needs to get into fitness, blah, blah, lose, still lose some weight. No, he didn't lose a pound since, uh, since, uh, since playing Scotland, but he leaned down. He's like, that dude is, he's a wrecking ball. Like he is even more of a wrecking ball now than he was against Scotland. So I think this will really put us in a good position um, to compete and beat Samoa. We need to beat Samoa. Like uh, going into this tour, I said, we need to have two. We need to go two and two. We need to be competitive against the Maori. We need to be competitive against Ireland. And then we need to beat. At the time, it was Tonga for some reason. But we need to beat Samoa and we needed to beat Romania. The The, the points are for the taking uh, so that we can move forward in the rankings. And we're going to have a side that can do that. Really, the only change here is uh, Ruben de Haas is going to start at, at, at nine. But uh, let's get it. USA by five. That would be go, awesome. Uh, I'm gonna go USA by twelve. I think we get we, we I think we, we keep ourselves ahead, but we get that one more garbage time try to seal the deal. And as always, I'm a pessimist, so I'm gonna go ahead and say Samoa by uh by a try. Fuck you. I know. All right, moving along. So uh we had the ARC announced this week. Uh actually just today. That was pretty exciting. Excited to see that come back. Uh, so we are going to South America here coming up in February. And then we're going to be back in the States in, I guess, the last week of February and into March. So here's the schedule breakdown. And then I'll kind of we'll go through it real quick and talk about some highlights. We start up February 2nd uh, versus Chile and uh, Santiago. We're going to face uh the Argentina 15s in Rio Negro on February 9th. Uh, we got a bye week. And then February 23rd, we're visiting Houston to take on Brazil. Ooh. And then we'll have the last two matches in March, March 2nd and March 8th, against Uruguay and Canada, respectively, in Seattle at Starfire. So at the home of the sea, uh, sea Wolves. So pretty great stuff. Uh, this is, looks like a good tour, uh, especially having three dates in the U.S. and two of those dates in the Northwest where I don't think uh, we've had much ARC action. So what would you guys think of the list? It's definitely a good thing to be coming out, and it's definitely a great uh, uh, you know, great list of cities in terms of the tour. What's really good about it, though, is that the emergence of professional rugby on both continents is really starting to become legitimate in the minds of a lot of fans. And the whoa, 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 whoa. There is no emergence of professional rugby in South America until it happens because guess, guess, uh, where, all, the guess, idea where, guess where all those pros are? They're in North America it's, because it, strategic agreements with those unions are with North American rugby competition, major league rugby. I'm saying, but no, but I'm saying the idea of professional of professional rugby is starting to become more of a real concept down in South America. You know, we've already gone over this: the fact that there isn't, you know, the, that the league hasn't really come to fruition, despite the fact that there's been talks about it. But as I was saying, though, 
you know, the professional rugby is starting to become more prominent in the minds of, of sports fans, you know, on both continents. So I think now that the ARC, you know, it's had, you know, some pretty four now uh, six pretty successful runs um, in, in, in its uh, in its history. So I think this is going to be a really special one. And we're actually going to see some real crowds actually get, you know, pretty excited, hopefully a little bit more so than rugby weekend. Um, yeah, this it's pretty awesome. Um, first, first real week of November to have this out last year, it wasn't out until December. So yeah, um, there's that. Uh, I must be a prognosticator because, uh, I said last summer that Seattle needed a test match and guess what? They get two in a row, but rugby Canada is hosting a test match at Starfire stadium. <laughs> They just want to buy the beer for the post match. You know, it's just, it's just a labels thing. Is, is this real? Um, well, that's kind of, it's a weird weekend. If I was going to do that, since it's a Canada home match, obviously this is an expenses thing. If they could make it happen, it would have been smart and awesome to have that game on Friday, which it is on a Friday at BC place, sell the shit out of that. And then um, it is Vancouver Sevens on the 9th and 10th. Now, that would be an awesome event, wouldn't it? Um, so oh, yeah. this is going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to – I'm talking to uh, the – she doesn't call it the boss anymore. But I'm talking to um, the lady of the house about us taking a, a late winter slash spring trip to the Pacific Northwest for uh, this match in Vancouver Sevens. So, yeah, that's that's my opinion. Um, yeah, three matches in the U.S. Uh, and they'll be in nice little intimate grounds so that they make good TV products. Three matches in the U.S., two of which are home games. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm pretty sure both matches are going to be double headers. So how to? Yeah, don't. Let's just move on. It's about who buys the beer after the game, as far as I'm concerned. There you go. Uh, yeah. So the last real news item we wanted to hit on was that uh, on Friday, while Aaron and I were enjoying some adult beverages at Lost Afternoon and chatting up some players. MLR decides to drop a press release saying that the former Ontario Arrows, now to be known as the Toronto Arrows and DC MLR, are both confirmed real life official members of MLR. Not like, not in discussions, not in negotiations. They are part of the league. So Toronto Arrows are joining this season, 2019, and then DC MLR is slated for 2020. Uh, apart from uh, a logo, a name and logo change, uh, what's this mean for MLR, guys? Well, we saw last season uh, the Nola Gold face the MAC All Stars, the MAC All Stars. Um, there, there was a, the Selects uh, or some uh, the Liberty City Selects, something like that. Capital uh, Selects. The cap. There we go. They, that, that's and why Houston Sabercats played them too, man. Yeah, yeah, but you know, fucking. 
college. Anyway, but uh, it uh, a lot of those guys we could probably expect to be, uh, see playing for D.C. because it's the same sort of region. So that might have been a very slight preview of what this squad could look like. Hopefully they perform a little bit better because as far as I'm as far as I remember, they weren't exactly high scoring or that competitive against either Houston or NOLA, um, ex- except for maybe in a few facets of their game. So I think, you know, definitely think it's really cool. But the other thing I want to hit on, and perhaps the most important, is the fact that the Toronto Arrows new logo looks like the logo for a summer camp. Um, And I really missed the old one, which I thought was, you know, dark, sleek, and sexy. You know, I I dug the Ontario Arrows name and the the thing, the Toronto Skyline um, as their logo with with the needle. I thought it was awesome. Um, But I'm more, I'm more, when it comes to, Toronto's like logo ish. I'm not really the logo's okay. I'm more vexed about the colors because that that blue, gray, and gold scheme that was on their kit last year was I was, it was fire. It was it was it was fire. Um yeah. so DC guys, we hooked you up, we did the market research. It is lightning unicorns. Lightning and, unicorns. And yep. it doesn't matter what 100%. you guys what you guys change the name to, you are and known as the Lightning Unicorns. This podcast is only getting bigger and bigger, and I promise you, we will be referring to you, your team as nothing but the damn Lightning Unicorns. Um, so, so you may as well get on board now. So, yeah, uh, we've got 12 confirmed teams for next season. I've heard that there may be a, another team in the mix. For 2020, I thought that was interesting. So if that happens, we're going to have an unbalanced schedule next year. Again? Yeah. I mean, haven't we been unbalanced? Well, we've got a balanced schedule this year because it's home and away. Um, Next year, um, the intent is to have, from what I understand, is to have 16 regular season matches. So next year, I... Well, I have no idea how you. Well, if if we if we have twelve teams, there can realistically be two divisions, so they might be yeah. able to. With with twelve teams, it's easy. You do two divisions, right? You play your division or conference home and away, and then you play everyone else in the other conference. Mm-hmm. But with thirteen, it it gets weird. Well. I mean, when you have a team called the Lightning Unicorns, things are going to be weird anyway. So mm-hmm. I think we should just lean into the weirdness and accept it. Can't wait to see that mascot. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's going to be electric. <laughs> ah, ah. All right. So with all that said, I think uh, we are probably on our way out. So do you guys have any final thoughts before I close this thing down? Uh, the next time you guys will be seeing me, I will probably be in either Nashville or New Orleans, or like I said, chopped up in the uh, garage of a serial killer in Kentucky. So <laughs> will you actually be on the show if you're dead? Uh, you know, that's, that remains to be seen. I, I did study a little bit about uh, philosophy and metaphysics in college, so you know, I could be on the show and not be on the show, dependent on your... I need to go to fucking bed. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, we're live this week with Ryan Fitzgerald of NOLA Gold. I need to confirm with him uh, tomorrow, but it will either be uh, earlier in the evening tomorrow night or it will be Wednesday night. Again, earlier in the evening, this podcast usually goes live. <laughs> 
Awesome. To talk recruitment for, uh, you know, the 2019 season. And about the only thing I got to say is just a big thank you to the people of Chicago for hosting a great weekend of rugby. And yeah, uh, I had a fantastic time and I was just really fortunate to meet some great Chicagoans, Chicagoans while I was up there. So thank you so much for hosting us. All right, let's go to bed. Be sure to tune in next week. We are live every Monday night on YouTube and available for download on your favorite platform, uh, podcast platform every Wednesday morning. If you like what we do, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our iTunes feed. It helps folks find us. And be sure to share your own news, views, and abuse with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to us there, interact. Uh, You can also shoot us an email anytime you like at earfulofdirt at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back. uh, At least two of us will be back next week. We will pray for Liam's safety and uh, catch you then. Take care, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning through your favorite podcast provider, and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube and like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can share your thoughts with us via our voicemail by calling 720-600-2679. We're live again next Monday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you then. Thank you.